Well, hello, and welcome to another edition of the e-commerce evolution podcast. I am your host, Brett Curry, CEO of OMG Commerce. And I'm really excited about this episode, uh, talking about what should you focus on for growth in 2019? Specifically, what should you focus on as it pertains to Google and Amazon growth? And so we're going to give you some areas that you need to put your attention on because what you focus on is what grows. And so we're going to help walk you through this. This episode of the e-commerce evolution podcast is brought to you by OMG Commerce. And we are thrilled to underwrite this program and bring some amazing guests to you. I have a question for you. How is your YouTube game? Are you using YouTube to help scale your e-commerce business? Hopefully, you're using YouTube both as a remarketing vehicle and also for top of funnel growth. However, if you're like most e-commerce companies, then you're probably not fully leveraging YouTube. So, I have two free resources for you. The first is a two-minute crash course on YouTube ads. I recorded this with the famous Ezra Firestone. So you can check that out by looking at the links in the show notes to this show. You can also Google Smart Marketer and Two Minute Crash Course, and you'll find the resource there. Also, we recorded a 90-minute webinar outlining exactly how we scale with YouTube. We talk about keys to a great YouTube ad. We talk about audience targeting. We talk about bidding, optimization, and much, much more. So I highly, highly recommend you check it out. You can also find that linked here in the show notes. It's also at the bottom of the two-minute crash course page. So check them out and start scaling with YouTube. And now, back to the show. My guest today is um, the most popular guest on the podcast to date, or one of the most popular uh, guests to date, Uh, almost like getting the co-host status um, here at some point. But I want to welcome to the show my business partner and longtime friend, Mr. Chris Brewer. Chris, how's it going, man? Fantastic. Hearing the words potential co-host being uttered by you, the host of e-commerce evolution is wow, what an honor. Yeah, I feel like I may have overstepped. I'm gonna have to maybe edit that out. Um, this is kind of like this is kind of like um Michael Scott and Dwight on the office when Dwight's always like I'm the assistant manager. And Mike is always saying, no, you're the assistant to the branch. <laughs> so you're not the coast. You're the, you're the, I don't know. No, uh, I think well, I mean, it's kind of, because we're fairly close at the time of this recording to Groundhog Day, you know, I wake up every day wondering whether I will be in Brett's Puxatawney shadow or whether we will have <laughs> uh, additional months without me being co-host. It's okay. Oh, that's funny. No, uh, the, the, it is true. One, these are some of my favorite podcast to record. And two, some of the most downloaded. In fact, we had our, our annual summit for our team and we were highlighting the podcast and a number of other things. And and your show, The 10X Factors in 2018, that was the most downloaded show uh, for all of 2018. So kudos to you on that. It's all good. I just had to go home and explain to my wife why I'd emptied my retirement account on Facebook ads promoting that podcast. <laughs> well but, worth it. Oh, I mean, yeah. that that recognition at the summit was well worth that, that expenditure. So I'm really excited to, to dive in. We've got, we've got seven things to focus on so you can grow on Google and Amazon. We're going to walk through each of those seven areas and give you some tips and insights and, and what we're doing as an agency and what we're advising our clients on. But before we do that, I think it's important, Brewer, you want to talk about something that I think is, is 
it's fundamental and it's really important for growing brands to keep to keep something in mind. And so you want to talk about kind of what that is and we'll dive into just a few details before we move into our, our top seven. Yeah, you know, it really just sums up to the the keeping the basics in mind. And there's so many exciting things happening right now in e-commerce and things that are developing. And it's really easy to chase those before we have perfected some of the, the basics. And those would be just simply looking at your site. How is your site optimized? What is the impression that your customer is getting? Getting those repeat purchases, customer service, your marketing activities that are required to complete the sale. You alluded to our, our summit and one of the things that came up in that summit that I thought was really interesting and something I know that we're going to work on is we're great at getting traffic, right? So that's one of the things we're focused on is being world-class at getting traffic. But we do have clients come to us at various stages in their development. And they're, they're always big companies. But a lot of times it's surprising for us maybe down the road to find out that they didn't have a particular piece in place that could actually help us get more and more conversions. So we're actually going to be working on a checklist to give to those clients in advance just to make sure their basics are covered, right? So that we can make the most of what what we're doing for customers and clients. And I think it's always good to have a second set of eyes look at what you're doing with those kinds of activities. And whether it's an agency or whether it's someone in-house or a friend, so that's just what I want to point out before we go off talking about some of the exciting things in 2019. Yeah, and you know, we uh, at the time of this recording, it's not too long after the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 53, which I have to say was one of the most boring Super Bowls in in my memory, and uh, was not a fan of the outcome. No offense to our friends in the New England area, but uh, you know, the what led to the success, and it was a really low-scoring game, defensive game, but. Uh, you know, it always goes back to in football blocking and tackling some of the things that that are not that fun to talk about. We're we're both Kansas City Chiefs fans, so I'd prefer to talk about Patrick Mahomes no look passes or switching hands and throwing with his left hand, even though he's right handed, crazy stuff like that. But it's still often the basics, the blocking and tackling that put you in a position to, to be ultimately successful. And so, what it comes down to, I think, for e-commerce is, you know, do you have all your remarketing pillars in place? So, do you have display remarketing? And are you considering YouTube remarketing? Do you have your branded search campaigns? And are you looking at abandoned cart email sequences? And do you have post-purchase follow-up sequences? And some of these things in place, not that you can't move forward at all without those, but you're going to be much more effective with those. So I'm glad you brought that up. I think that reminder of the basics is super important. And that will cause everything else we talk about for the rest of the show to work much, much better. Well said. Uh, with with that in mind, let's dive in. We're going to start with Google first, and then we'll transition into Amazon. So we're going to talk about something that, that's a little bit controversial for any of our agency friends that are that are listening. You you may or may not like this first tip, but I'm a big believer in it, and so we're gonna we're gonna talk about it. But uh, growing brands, growing e-commerce brands, will continue to leverage automation with Google Ads. So we're a Google Ads agency. It's what we do. It's the biggest part of what we do. And, you know, we've got some really seasoned Google Ads specialists. That's what we call them. Some of them have been managing campaigns for 10 years plus, which is an eternity, you know, in online years. 
But as Google's automation started getting better, and specifically things like smart bidding, um, that was a bit of an adjustment for our managers because that, that's always been a big part of what they do, bidding up and bidding down and looking at what's working, what's not, and, and adjusting the bids. But Google's smart bidding options are getting so good in a lot of ways because Google leverages data that they don't make available to anybody else. That's one of the primary reasons. Um, also, just machine learning can process and manage large amounts of data that, that no human can. And so, uh, you know, we're still probably 50-50 or maybe even a little less than 50-50 in terms of how many campaigns are using automated bidding versus manual bidding. But growing brands will continue to leverage automation. And so specifically, things that we look to see improving in 2019, one is smart shopping, smart shopping campaigns. Now, that's been a bit of a mixed bag up to this point. We have some smart shopping campaigns that have done very well. We've had some that have not done so well. But that's something that's going to be improving, we believe, or some variation. You know, Google's pretty notorious for changing the names of things. So maybe smart shopping changes to something else this year. I think uh, smart shopping is the third name for that particular campaign type anyway. But this is kind of a blending of Google Shopping and dynamic remarketing. And basically, just plug in your return on ad spend goals and Google does the rest. I look to see that improving. Right now, it's kind of a... I'd be on the fence as whether I'd recommend it to a client or to an individual. I think that'll get better this year. And then I think some some options around smart targeting and smart smart bidding for display, some smart display campaigns. Those are also kind of hit or miss. I look for those to get better as well. So whether it's leveraging those or something like responsive search ads where you're giving Google a list of headlines and descriptions and they're mixing and matching those to be as relevant as possible for someone's query, look for automation to continue to improve and it will be something that smart brands, growing brands will leverage. And, and our philosophy is this, there's always so much to be done in a Google Ads campaign. So if, if bidding is taken care of by Google's automation for some campaigns, that frees us up or frees you up as the advertiser to focus on more strategic issues and look at the, the mix of campaign types and look at audience targeting and various things like that. So you just shift your focus a little bit and I believe automation is going to continue to improve and get better and better and almost become scary and how impressive it is in 2019 and beyond. So with that in mind, Chris, anything you would add to that discussion? Anything you would want to chime in on as it relates to automation with Google Ads? Well, you know, I, I'm talking to three or four e-commerce companies every week coming to us from hearing the podcast or hearing other podcasts you or, or I've been on and or content that you've got out there, we've put out there as an agency. And I get asked a lot of times, well, what do you think about smart shopping or don't you think that's something we should do? And I would just say that still today, it depends. It depends on what you've got running. Um, some some clients are only running shopping campaigns and they haven't added other features within Google Ads that they should be layering in to even give Google more intelligence, right? On, on the bids and, and audiences and things that could be at their disposal. So the other thing that we've seen clients do is maybe they have found your smart Google traffic course and they're going through the smart Google traffic course and they've just, they've missed maybe you talking a little bit preliminary and they've skipped ahead and they've implemented a smart shopping campaign and now it's cannibalizing 
these shopping campaigns that were working just fine. So I would just say that make sure you know what you're doing before you're implementing these kinds of features. Yeah, I'm really glad you mentioned that. And, I, and so I think just to, to add clarity, you know, the general the general idea here is that automation is going to get better and smart bidding and some of those features that Google is is implementing, they're going to get better and smarter and more efficient and more effective. But our advice with smart shopping is still very much a yellow light, proceed with caution, pump the brakes, wait on that a little bit. But if you're if you're holding out on things like target return on ad spend, target CPA, things like that, it's time to shift to those right now uh, for some campaigns. And then just be be mindful, be paying attention because automation is going to get better. And you're going to have a larger percentage of your campaigns using some form of automation uh, in the very near future, or at least we believe you should. So awesome. Appreciate that that added note. Uh, let's move on to uh, number two. What's the second thing you should focus on as it pertains to Google and Google traffic? And this one is actually related to YouTube. So I'm sure you know, but just in case you don't, Google owns YouTube. And so YouTube ads, YouTube ad campaigns, those are managed and controlled within your Google Ads interface. So growing brands will invest heavily in YouTube this year. This is something we're seeing all, all the time. And, and you know, Chris deals with most of our, our inbound leads as people want to talk to us as an agency. They go to Chris first. But the majority of people that are reaching out to us right now, I'd say the, the largest sector um, are people that are largest segment, are people that are investing heavily in Facebook. So they're spending 5,000 a day, 10,000 a day, 15,000 a day in Facebook ads. And usually they're working, but they're now they're wanting to do something on YouTube as well. And they're saying, hey, can you create something similar on YouTube to what we're doing on Facebook? And so my prediction is you'll see a lot of growing e-commerce brands spending in the neighborhood of 100K plus per month on YouTube and the reason I say that is because Google's ability to target buyers and to find people that are likely to purchase your product is improving. And your ability to, to bid and try to hit a target CPA is also improving. And so this is really a combination of better campaign types, better targeting types, better bidding opportunities will really allow you to scale your spend on YouTube even if, and especially if you're looking to hit certain cost per acquisition targets. Now, you can always scale it if you just want to get views and want to get impressions. You know, any, anybody can scale that and you could have done that at any time. But now YouTube is becoming relatively predictable. If, you're, if you've got the right video asset, the right video content, you can scale YouTube. And I think the number of these growing, emerging e-commerce brands that are spending $100,000, $200,000 a month on YouTube, we're going to see those, those numbers exploding. And, uh, you know, one of the things we see a lot, Chris, I know people talk to us a lot, is that they'll come to us and say, hey, we want to we uh, run Google Shopping and we just want to scale it. So we want to go big as you can go with, with Google Shopping. And scale with Google Shopping is not always possible. And, and why do we say that, Chris? Well, it can be overall search volume. It can be the size of their funnel. Uh, it could be, uh, it could even be limitations based on if they're having other big box stores sell their product. Mm -hmm. And which to me, I think is a big like YouTube opening for, in, in the, because in the past, I know 
we've had pet brands or other brands that it's like they really want to keep scaling on on Google Shopping, but the big box brands are just covering them up and, and they don't have any unique products. But yet those big brands aren't really doing much on YouTube. So that brand, if they had the content, could actually kind of sneak in the back door. Sure. And yeah, yeah. So that that was my first thought. Yeah. And and your your first tip is maybe the even the the most uh, limiting in that you're limited by search volume. So you're you're selling a specific type of skin cream or a specific supplement, you're limited by the number of people searching for that product. In order to grow Google Shopping, you're limited by search volume. How many people are searching for that product or something that meets a need or a perceived need? And so, you know, you can't just take Google Shopping from zero to 100,000 a month and spend overnight. And, and a lot of brands, a lot of products, you can't get to that spend period let alone overnight. But we found pretty consistently with YouTube, if you have a great video and, and you've got your landing pages that convert and your remarketing in place and all those, all those basics, the fundamentals we talked about, then you can likely scale YouTube quickly. You know, we, we've seen companies go from zero to 150,000 a month and spend in just a few months. And so that, that's, that's doable. And, and our thought is that's going to continue in 2019. And that's an area you should focus on. You should be investing in YouTube. Um, all right. So what to focus on? Number three, this was something you brought up, Chris, which I'm really glad you did. And, and I think we need to talk about a few things related to this, but growing brands won't forget SEO or uh, maybe a better way to say it is they'll, they'll remember SEO for the first time because one thing we see a lot is with these growing brands, maybe they have a great product and a really unique idea. And so to grow quickly, they invested in ads. They learn how to advertise on Facebook and, and run some basic Google ads. And that's how they scaled. That's how they grew where they are today. But maybe they haven't done anything on SEO, which is so interesting because if you look at legacy e-commerce brands, so when we go to events like IRCE, Internet Retailer Convention and Expo, a lot of those larger e-commerce companies, you know, their traffic, 40 to 50% of their traffic is organic search. So people looking on Google and then clicking on the organic listings. Uh, but what are some of your thoughts as it pertains to SEO and, and why we should focus on it, why growing brands should focus on it and, and even throw out a, a how or two if you have one? Well, I think it's completely overlooked. And I would say that you know, the amount of folks I talk to, maybe 25% of them even bring it up like it's something they would want to address. But, you know, it's not sexy. It's The days of SEO being sexy, I, I think, are pretty far behind us. I mean, I know you, sure. you can remember, I, I know I can remember when, you know, a friend of ours, Michael Taggart, who uh, was just this genius guy with SEO and other tactics, you know, had, you know, we would have webinars where we could get somebody to submit a idea for a, a press release and uh, that he could get that press release to rank literally within minutes organically. Uh, same thing for videos. You could use to get videos to rank organically in, in minutes. And so we, you could do these things real time with Google News and other things to kind of um, work within the algorithm to get it to do what you wanted it to do. And that was really fun and attractive and, and it was instant, almost instant gratification. Now 
you mean I've got to put a content plan together and I've got to actually look at each of the pages in my site and how they relate to one another. And I got to look at how my pages are titled and, and it's, it's just not that sexy. But when I do research on, I would say fairly well-known brands and they tell me that they're not doing much organically and then I can see the potential they have. And I'll just say just under the surface, meaning under the surface, page two of Google, page three, page four, page five, with really great search volume that some amount of work on those over a period of months and bringing those terms up to page one, the value in that versus what you'll pay in your typical paid campaign is can be quite meaningful for a brand. But that's really hard to explain. And so I think that just really starting at the beginning of evaluating your site versus your competition, how is it structured, especially the speed of the page on mobile, I think is a big tip. And that's something that you can check out on Google really quick, just Google mobile, uh, Google mobile speed tester, and you'll, you'll find really quickly how your page performs. And Google's also including those load times into its algorithm, even on paid campaigns. Yep. So that's where the benefits of optimizing your site for SEO can also pay dividends with your Absolutely. paid campaigns as well. Absolutely. Rate, price, the pictures on your site, the alt tags on those sites, um, things like that, uh, rich snippets, all of those are things that if you don't have an in-house team, find someone to evaluate it for you and kind of build you a solid strategic plan. Yeah, and I think I think one of the biggest issues with SEO and the reason it's not as as popular or as sexy as it used to be. One is 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 timing, like you said. You know, for to get true SEO results now, you're probably talking months rather than days or weeks. Whereas with paid tactics, you can see results much quicker. Uh, but the long term impact of SEO is huge, and, and so I'll kind of you you mentioned a few things, but I'll highlight them a little bit more. You know, getting your your rich snippets, so so your your micro data, which sounds super nerdy. It's actually not that hard, especially if you got a, a platform like like Shopify. But getting your uh, the the correct markup around your your price and your ratings, your your customer reviews, that's huge because then those can show up in the search results. So now someone's searching for your product or a product like yours. Now, if you've got the proper rich snippets, your organic listing could have your star rating. So now, now you, if you've got a 4.2 out of 5 star reviews on a particular product, that could show up in the organic results. Or if you've got if your price is attractive, that price could show up in the organic results and increase the click-through rate, increase the traffic from organic search. Um, I you know, like testing new things with Google. I know you do too, but looking at Google Lens, and Google Lens isn't all that new, but you can use Google Lens now, take a picture of a product or just you know, use your camera and scan a product. And Google will then use that to search for a product like it. So I was testing this yesterday, um, coaching basketball right now, as you well know, Chris. So my my uh, uh, uniform for what, on days we have practice is I'm wearing my Nikes. And so I, I uh, just held up my Nike Air Max as black and white, held up my phone, put it over the Nikes. And then using Google Lens, it showed me four or five other options of Nikes that were similar. Pretty awesome. But that only happens with 
um, one Google good Google Shopping feeds, but also good uh, alt text around your images and things like that. I remember just one last thing to kind of underscore the importance of images and how they're tagged and, and optimized on your site. A number of years ago, we worked with a, a company that sold prom dresses and their organic traffic got cut in half, like just went from huge organic traffic to literally cut in half almost overnight and they were panicking. And so we did a little digging and found it was because they had de-indexed a whole bunch of images of products they no longer sold. But one of the biggest drivers of traffic for their site was uh, teenage girls looking at pictures of prom dresses. So the, the, the images would show up in, in Google image results. They would click on those images, find a dress they love, and then click to the site. And so our advice was, hey, get those pictures back on, put those product pages back up, and just say, hey, this is sold out, but here's a similar dress to it. Yeah. Um, and then, so they worked on that to get their, their traffic back. Yeah, and I don't know if you'd want to show this on your screen or not, Brett, for those that are watching this on our YouTube channel or by video, but you know, the Google has also changed in their algorithm what shows up at the top of the page. Videos are getting more placement as well as images. And the example that you just shared, just Googling prom dresses 2019, I don't know exactly when this shift happened. Brett, you would probably know. But that data feed especially is very important along with the alt tags you're talking about because Google has added sponsored uh, listings at the top of image search that have price points in it. So whereas before you would just get images of prom dresses, now there's actually price points for those prom dresses within image search right along the top of the screen. So just... Yeah, 2019 prom dresses, then click on images, which a lot of people do. Yep. And you'll see now there is a carousel at the top that has price points. And, and then you can see, obviously, you scroll down, you get more of the web results. So you can go and check out a dress and go right there. So I think that's definitely something you need to be paying attention to because if your product is not included in this image feed, um, you should be looking at how you can get that there because if, if you know, Google sometimes rolls these things out slowly and then opens it wide. Yep, absolutely. And so this kind of kind of killed two birds with one stone. If you optimize your product detail pages and your images and your alt tags and your snippets, that's going to help with SEO. It's also going to help you get a better product feed for Google Shopping. And really, the two do work together, especially when you're looking at Google Images, which which is an area that a lot of people overlook and then a lot of people forget. So uh, pay attention to that. All right, uh, so number four, what you should be focusing on, I guess I hold my hand up a little higher. Uh, number four, let's, let's transition into Amazon. Uh, these are the two core areas of focus that we have at OMG Commerce, Google and Amazon. But growing brands in 2019 will use Amazon's dynamic bidding for their sponsored product ads. And so we won't go into a whole lot of detail here because we could get quickly pretty nerdy and I think... You know, that would be more like for power users and stuff. So I don't want to dig into too much detail, but this is something to either mention to your team, talk to your agency, that type of thing. But using dynamic bidding to either, there, there are a few options you can choose, bid down only. And this is where you're, you're trusting Amazon to bid down if they feel like someone is not likely to convert. So just like automation is improving with Google, automation is also improving with Amazon where they're going to be able to predict is someone likely to convert or not based on their recent behavior. Uh, you can also choose bid up 
or a bit up and down. So that's where you're giving the 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 algorithm a little more control, where you're allowing you're you're setting a base bid per click, but then you're letting Amazon bid up or down based on how likely they are they think someone is to convert. Or you can choose the do nothing option, and that's where you're saying no, Amazon, I don't want any of your insights. Do nothing. I'm going to set the bid, and you just pay attention to that. And so right now we're experimenting with a number of things. I know a lot of people that are using the bid down only option. So I'm using the bid up and down. But that's something you, you, you need to start testing, test dynamic bidding, look to see how you can leverage some of that additional data that Amazon has. And I think this is an important thing to, to note too, uh, because I know not everyone listening to our podcast is, a, is an Amazon seller, but this applies as well to Google that when these kinds of new features pop out, inevitably you find someone in either a mastermind group that you're in or a, a, a forum that you visit quite frequently or an article come out talking about the amazing results they've had by implementing a piece of one of these new tools. And, um, and then everybody seems to go and race to duplicate that same thing, but they're not keeping in mind that audiences, SKUs, price points all can factor in to your results there. So I think that's where you need to make sure you're experimenting with all of those various features and doing it very carefully before racing off to duplicate some amazing results that someone has posted. Yep. Well said. Well said. Awesome. So moving on, number five, what you should, what you should be focusing on, what growing brands should be focusing on is looking at how they're targeting on Amazon. So specifically, this is looking at sponsored product ads, which, which should be the core of your Amazon advertising approach. But now you've got a little better insight into what's working and what's not. And you can see, you know, how are your ads performing at the top of the search pages versus how are your ads performing when they show up on product pages and things like that. And there's a bit of a workaround you have to do, some, some bidding, um, uh, some bidding, uh, Call it gymnastics, maybe, uh, but trying to shift to where you're showing up more at the top of search rather than on product pages. Uh, likely, you'll find that will help with overall volume and performance. And now, one, one of the, the really cool things, um, and this appears to be in beta because it doesn't seem to be rolled out on every account that we manage, and so, so it may not be rolled out to you. But uh, one of the things we do a lot is we run what's called auto campaigns. And that's where you really trust Amazon to look at your products and say, hey, we believe these products are relevant for these keywords. And so then Amazon will pick your keywords, start showing your ad. Now you can begin to exclude some of those, those auto campaigns from showing on product pages. Because again, usually the performance of your sponsored product ads are much better in the search results page than they are when they show up on another product page. So um, just to clarify that, if, if anyone is lost, when you go to Amazon and make a search and you get the whole list of products, you know, that's the search results page on Amazon. But then when you actually click into a specific product detail page and you scroll down, then there's some other sponsored products that appear there. So now you can, you can choose to exclude your ad from showing on certain products if the performance is not there. So it's just going to allow you to get a little better with your targeting, a little more efficient with your spend, allow you to cut some waste so you can spend more on things that are working. So better targeting, that's going to be an area that you need to focus on and that growing brands will really embrace uh, this year. Uh, and moving on, let's look at, at number six. Now, this, this will be fun. We'll spend a little bit more time 
on this one, but growing brands will invest in Amazon remarketing. Now you've got two options for this and, and really a couple ways you can go here. You can either choose what's called Amazon DSP, Amazon's uh, demand side platform. It just means it's a self-service option. You, you, you go in and you build your campaigns, you choose your audiences, you build your ads, all that stuff. So Amazon DSP or Amazon uh, AMG, which is your Amazon marketing group. So basically what, what either of those options allow you to do is they allow you to target people that visit your products. So visit your ASINs on Amazon. If they leave without purchasing, now you can follow them. So you can run remarketing ads to those people across the web. So uh, Amazon partners with a, a number of ad exchanges. So now you can, if you're selling a keto supplement, someone visits your ASIN, they leave without buying. Now the next time they're on ESPN.com or, or another site that participates in those ad exchanges, you can run your Amazon ad getting them back to your listing on Amazon to hopefully convert. Or you can also say, hey, not just people that visit my products, but what about people that visit a similar product? So even my competitors' products, these other keto supplements, what if someone visits those pages and does not convert? I'd like to run an ad, a display ad to them as well, trying to convince them to visit my page and, and come back to Amazon and buy from me. Amazon's version of the custom affinity audience. Yeah, yeah. This is this is a pretty similar to a custom affinity audience or custom intent. Yeah, kind of the custom intent, parallel. Custom intent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It could be kind of a, a hybrid, but it's, it's very specific in that Amazon is building these audiences around people that have visited product pages and have not converted. And so, where Google has to kind of keep things a little more close to the vest. Like you, so you mentioned custom affinity. We'll, we'll explain that just really quickly. Um, it's the closest thing Google allows for you to potentially target people that visit your competitors. So you can build a custom affinity audience and give Google a list of URLs. So your top five competitors as an example. But what Google is going to do is they're going to build a, an audience of people that look like those who visit those pages. They included in that will probably be people that do visit those pages, but that's not all the list is. What's cool about Amazon is if you give a, a similar products, they won't tell you exactly all the products that you get to target, but they will target people that actually visited those product detail pages and did not buy. And so pretty powerful audience to target. Um, so I, I believe, you know, Amazon sellers that really want to grow, you're going to need to invest in remarketing. And this is something now that we've seen is really working uh, almost across the board. It, make, it makes sense. I mean, remarketing is almost your, always your most valuable uh, type of, of marketing to invest in. And so this is something you strongly need to consider. Either partner with an agency like ours to run Amazon DSP or go to an Amazon Marketing Group. Um, they, they do have some minimums that could be cost prohibitive, um, but, but still remarketing is something to consider. I have a couple of the thoughts with remarketing, but, but I don't want to hog all the, the airwaves here. Thoughts that you have Chris, on Amazon remarketing or things that you hear people saying about Amazon remarketing? Well, you know, I, I kind of want to be careful with how I phrase this because you know, we're very grateful to be one of a couple hundred agencies that are able to offer Amazon DSP. But, but in saying that, I do have uh, folks just had a, a person last week that had been reached out to uh, directly through Amazon and signed up for one of the minimum campaigns, which for him was $35,000. And 
he was going to be limited pretty much in what he wanted to do with other things until that remarketing kind of ran its course. I'm sure it's going to be great for him, but I, I think you need to know that there are options for you versus going uh, directly with a large minimum and that you should explore both of those either through an agency like ours or others that offer it versus going direct and, and making sure that you're not missing opportunities while you're spending a lot on remarketing. Yeah, well said that there are some pretty hefty minimums that, that either Amazon Marketing Group or if you open your own DSP account um, that, that, that Amazon's going to require. There are agencies like ours, we're not the only one that, that can potentially help you get around those, those minimums. And so, so definitely something to think about. But that, that is the next step. We, we talked to a lot of successful Amazon sellers, the vast, vast majority of which are not running remarketing. And we're talking about some, some very large Amazon sellers, $10 million a year plus Amazon sellers not they running even remarketing. Know it was available. I, I talked to a lot, don't even know it's available. Right. So this is something to consider, something to research. You, you can Google it. Uh, we've got some resources we're putting together on this as well, but it's something you definitely need to consider is Amazon remarketing and the different ways you can do that. So that is area number six for you to focus on. Uh, and now we come to area number seven, what you should be focusing on and what growing brands you should be focusing on. But uh, Amazon now is giving us better reporting options and they're just improving the platform in general. So growing brands, you're going to leverage that data. You're going to leverage those reporting options and, and leverage the improvements in the Amazon platform. Now, I want to talk about a couple things and just kind of back up and look at high level at where Amazon is as an ad platform because I think this is really instructive and will help you kind of see what, what's, what's to come for Amazon. So uh, just recently, I think just a couple of days ago, uh, at the time of this recording, Amazon's Q4 of 2018, their, their Q4 earnings call, um, came out. And so uh, right now, Amazon does not break out their ad revenue, or at least they don't, they don't say exactly what their ad revenue is. It's lumped into this category that they call other. So Amazon breaks out their you know, retail sales, and then they break out AWS, and then they have other, which most of this other category is ad revenue. So it's, it's pro projected that about 90% of that other uh, category is all from ads. And so uh, a lot of people that look at that are now saying they believe that that Amazon's ad revenue for 2018 crossed the $10 billion mark. So uh, to put that in perspective, that would make them, and essentially everybody agrees on this, they're the number three ad platform in the world behind Google, Google number one, Facebook number two. And there are different ways to measure these numbers. So you, know, you Google, you may find other articles that give other numbers, but... Um, we like the way this looks at this probably $10 billion a year business right now. And, and we found a, an analyst uh, from Pivotal, and we'll link to this in the show notes, that says by 2023, uh, they believe that the, the ad revenue on Amazon, so Amazon's ad revenue will be $38 billion, uh, which would put them at about the size that Facebook is right now. So Amazon, retailer. Uh, will likely be the size of their ad business will likely be the size that Facebook is right now by 2023. We're just staggering and crazy and massive. Um, now we we have a Chris. You mentioned we're one of only about 200 agencies that has access to DSP. 
we're in the top 10 in terms of, of the, the spend that we manage. So we're, we're one of the larger Amazon agencies. Uh, but it was having a call with our, our Amazon rep, amazing guy. And he was kind of walking through some things and telling us what to expect. And we're doing our quarterly planning with them, uh, which we're only a few, uh, few agencies that, that do that. But anyway, he mentioned, uh, this, this, these were his exact words. I don't think I'm giving away anything too secret. But he said, at the top, top, top of Amazon. So I don't know if that means like Bezos or a little below Bezos, maybe a little bit below, but uh, at the top, top, top of Amazon, everyone's talking about ads. So the platform's going to get better. The reporting options are going to get better. Still, if you look at Amazon's app ad platform and compare it to Google Ads as an example, it's way behind. But that kind of makes sense. I mean, Amazon's a retailer and they're, they're relatively new to the ad game where Google's been working on it since you know, the early 2000s. We're kind of really perfecting Google Ads. Um, but you're going to have better metrics. Let's just talk about some of the metrics you can get. Uh, there's now these new-to-brand metrics, which are really interesting. So you can now break down, hey, of my ads that I'm running, and this specifically is great for your remarketing and, and any display ads you run, are these buyers new to my brand? Have they bought my brand before or are they new to brand? And Amazon's got pretty complete data there, right? They know their buyers. They know who's purchased on their platform before. So those are really interesting. But look for new reports. Look for the platform to come, become better and easier to use. And whether you've got a team in-house or using an agency, you're going to be able to get better data. And that's, that should improve pretty dramatically this year. So, so look for that. Uh, get ready to, to harness that data. Because really with better data, you can make better decisions. And that's, that's really what this is all about. So there you have it. Seven things to focus on in 2019 for growing your brand on Google and on Amazon. Any other thoughts, closing remarks, tidbits, random rabbit trails, anything that you would add, Brewer, as we look to wrap up? Well, I, I think based on the time that we're recording this and when we're releasing this, it might be great to mention some of the events that we'll be at over the next uh, few months, uh, because we, we know a lot of people, uh, we, we love to see our, our clients. We love to see people that listen to this podcast, whether they're doing things in house or they're looking for some help. So I think it'd be good to talk about, uh, we've got, uh, I'll mention these and you can maybe go into a little de detail, but we're going to be at traffic and conversion in San Diego. I'm always surprised how many people have not heard about that event it's a really solid content event, no selling from the stage. That's going to be at San Diego at the end of this month. And yep. then Fe February 25th through the 27th in yeah. San Diego. Check it out if you're there. Come by the OMG Commerce booth. Chris and I will both be there, plus our team, so, or a few members of our team. So come check that out. Yeah. And then we got the Prosper Show in, in Las Vegas, March 17th through 19th. It's an Amazon focused show. They've got workshops and conferences. They've got, uh, I think, a $400 option just to go to the workshops. And they got a another option to attend the, the conference as a whole. The, uh, Brett's had the, uh, I think, the originator of the Prosper Show on a prior yep. podcast. But that's, that is continued to grow, going to be a phenomenal event. I know you've yep. got some speaking gigs in between yep. there. Uh, no, then, the, well, I'm speaking at those events. I'm speaking at Traffic and Conversion Summit on kind of the three Google ad superpowers and part of that's going to be YouTube focused. So come check that out. And then at Prosper Show, I'm digging into Amazon remarketing and sponsored product ads, how to use those together. So I'm speaking at both those events. Yep. And then you've also got, I think, social media marketing world. And then in June, we're going to be at IRCE in Chicago. 
which is a retail focus show. But I, I definitely think one, if you're if you're growing and scaling, I think it's one worth at least checking out for a year and seeing if it's a fit for you. Yep. Yep. So come check that out. I'll be speaking at that event as well. And we'll have a booth. We'll have more of our team at uh, IRCE. Uh, or now it's, I guess, Retail X. It's a, it's a, oh, yeah. They changed the name. of uh, three different shows, which will be really interesting. And so it should be massive. But I think every every e-commerce store should, should check out IRCE at least once. Tons of vendors are there. Uh, the tracks are pretty good. Uh, but, but come and meet and network and, you know, uh, a lot of people are there. So yeah, good. I'm glad, glad you pointed that out. So check that out. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode and always open to your suggestions for future episodes and future guests. Let us know what you would like to learn. Chris, appreciate you joining me, man. Fantastic as always. Way to bring it. All right. Awesome. I look forward to pushing this out. I'll, I'll dig deep into my Facebook boost budget <laughs> so I can maintain the record. All right. Awesome. So with that, uh, as always, until next time, thank you for listening. At OMG Commerce, we accelerate growth for some of the most loved brands in e-commerce, like Boom, Native, True Earth, Overtone, and dozens more. If your Google and YouTube ad performance isn't where it should be, if you're struggling with Performance Max, or if you're not scaling like you'd like on Amazon, then we have two ways to help. One, we have amazing resources that are free for the taking, like our top YouTube ads guide with lots of examples, our PMAX checklist, or our Amazon DSP roadmap plus many more. Or hit us up for a free strategy session. So go on over to omgcommerce.com and click on Let's Talk to request that free strategy session or click on Resources and Guides and pick the guide that's right for you. And now back to the show.